I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. All right, here we go. Let's dial it in. Another episode of Oops the Podcast. Excited to be here with Julio Gallarotti. Dialed in. Ready to go. You know... Galarati. A lot of people screw up your name because of your Instagram handle. I mean, this is the thing that I don't understand about that. It's like it says not Julio. Directly underneath that, it says my name spelled out how it is. Is it not obvious? You, is the joke not obvious? If you put um, Julio anywhere, everyone's going to start thinking that. That's just in their yeah. brains. I don't understand it, but it's like if it is you, the case, you put a chocolate cake in a workout facility. It's definitely not like that. Everyone's looking at that <laughs> chocolate cake. It's That's not all like we're that. looking at. Dude, it's funny. When I whenever I eat relatively healthy, I can't watch like the Great British Baking Show. It just starts like brutalizing my brain, and mm-hmm. I just I just get like sad. Well, yeah. I've never watched that show. Hill Dog loves it. A lot of people it. love it. We watch it. I like it, but it's. The food is just too delicious looking, bro. Mm-hmm. It's brutal. Mm-hmm. It's fucking brutal. Well, um, some people have been asking me about the story of how we met. Dude, me too. And I thought we had kind of covered, we have it, covered on, it on the podcast. But if you're new, I think we can tell it quickly. Okay. Let's tell it quickly. It's not that good of a story, to be honest. It's not that great. It's okay. But it's no, fine. actually, this is, you know, it's funny. Whenever I've told it to people, they actually think it is a good story. Really? Which is interesting, because I'm like, is it? I think they're like, wow, the comedy world's so small. Like, that's typically what people gather from it, mm. which I guess is a thing that you might not know. The um, the origin, people love, everyone is so willing to to think fondly of origin stories. So, dude, okay, okay. Like people I, give them the benefit of the doubt, especially when it comes to dating and whatnot. You want me to just tell it from my POV? Yeah, and you tell you it from your pop. Okay, give so give us your pop. I'll give my pop. So, okay. So first of all, I had been bumping into Francis a reasonable amount. Francis did a gig with uh, Ricky. That's the origin. That's where story. we met the first time. Uh, Francis rode up on a city bike. It was almost like the beginning of a romance novel. There he was, <laughs> my knight in shining armor, riding up on his horse. Good day, there, fair maiden. I was yeah. like, ooh. Uh, but no, anyway, so Francis was city biking. They went to this gig. We chilled for a sec. Uh, then whatever. And then I just started seeing Francis everywhere. We actually, we did this show, uh, the Rye Daddy, the infamous Rye Daddy early show. What was at, that? At New York Comedy Club. 5 p.m., like this matinee show. This guy, Rye Daddy, is a legend, by the way. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he just does a lot of comedy drinking while drinking a lot. And because he runs the show, he's sort of allowed to do it. So yeah. never has a guy performed under the influence that regularly with no repercussions. Mm-hmm. I think we can leave it at yeah. that. Uh, but you should check him out too. Anyway, so I bumped into Francis there. I bumped into Francis at Caroline's. Then we were at the stand. I bumped into Francis. And I was with Hill Dog, actually. And Francis had kind of gone through, had just been going through his controversy. And he sort of ran the idea by us about how he was thinking about doing a podcast, whatever. We hung out. We were talking, whatever. Then a few days later, I remember, I remember I'm walking into the gym and I get a phone call from Francis 
And I remember I was about to begin working out, and then I was like, oh, this is interesting. I'll step out to take this call. Whoa. So I stepped outside. <laughs> I stepped outside of the gym. Francis calls me. He's like, I have this crazy idea. Crazy. He's like, I'm thinking, I, like I told you, I'm thinking about doing this podcast. Yeah, that's how that's I talk. my impression of you. Yeah, I do talk. I'm very over and under. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, I feel like we would be good together, maybe. He's like, I got a hunch. Hunch. Um, so why don't we give it a shot? And, you know, if we think it's good, we'll do it. And if, you know, not, then then uh, no big deal. We can go our separate ways. And I remember thinking, I was like, man, I have anxiety about the idea of it not going well. <laughs> But like I thought it went well and he didn't. And then he's like, I don't think that went well. And I was like, then I would feel really bad about myself. I was like, but that's really the only risk here. Uh, Besides that, I think, you know, and then we, we went to the Spotify HQ mm-hmm. and we did a little trial episode mm-hmm. and we agreed that it was good. And then we started doing it. That's my, that's my side of the story. That is, I, there are elements there that I did not know. That's probably the most comprehensive Which explanation kind of fun. we've ever given. But I, I have some holes to fill yeah, in. Yeah, no, I'm I have some some them. some places to uh, sew some patches <laughs> to embroider. Um, the first part is that uh, that original meeting was yeah, I had Ricky Velez agreed to to open for me at a corporate gig at Chelsea Piers, which was. <laughs> Um, a holiday party for a small company, which I had been booked for based on a relationship that I was in. <laughs> My then girlfriend's dad had a business friend who was doing a holiday party and wanted a comedian, and he gave him my name, and so I got booked for it. But even that's not the full story, because originally <laughs> they had booked me to come to their company retreat in captiva i think in in florida it was a ritz sick and i was going to come down for the weekend they were going to pay me ten thousand dollars oh my god and i would i would spend two nights and just do one set at the ritz and to that to this day it was probably the sickest gig i'd ever been booked for (laughs) but then in the interim i the the girl and i broke up and um then they told me they weren't doing the company retreat anymore, but he wanted to book me for this smaller holiday party in New York. And at that holiday party with Ricky, I learned that they had done the company retreat wow. and I had lost the gig because I had broken up with his buddy's daughter. Wow. Savage. So petty. Uh, yeah. You, sh- you should have had and, a clause in the contract to protect you from but, that. But he wanted to, he, he felt bad and, that he booked me to do their smaller holiday party for which they paid me, you know, $2,000, which still nice, super yeah. good gig for a New for York sure. city night, whatever. Sure. But Ricky opened for me. And this was during a time when I, you, you talk about people who don't, who, who are new in comedy or newer in comedy and don't really know the ropes. This was at a time when I didn't really know, uh, the sort of bureaucracy or unwritten rules, I guess. And I was asking comedians who were, significantly better than me to open for me and then i was paying them a lot of money so i don't know that that violates any sort of unwritten rule well there's you know i i I think ricky was really cool about it ricky's just a much better comedian than i am and and at that time was was eons ahead of me but uh was always willing and, and great um so to say that he was opening for me is you know is really putting the cart before the horse i mean he was the better act of the two of us and uh but 
you know, there's another there's a there's a negative to me, which is that to be outshined by your opener doesn't exactly bode well for your set. Potentially true, but I would argue that in a gig like that, it's typically such an unusual setup that that that's kind of a neutralizer. Mm-hmm. So like it's low risk. Yeah, maybe that's true. It, it was it was a tough gig. It was really yeah. tough. Um, but I'll say this, dude. I respect that. Like, I think people who like micromanage their openers are like losers, dude. It's like, who cares? It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? So like you being like, okay, I'm going to have this guy who, you know, you say is like further ahead than you and whatever, like such a strong act, like good for you. Who gives a shit? Fuck it. Yeah. You, I want to believe that in theory, but I will tell you that coming out uh, and if you're in the green room and you hear the person in front of you just crushing the house, you get a little bit nervous. Dude, I, I've I've done that before too. And like, I, I still overall look at it as a net positive. Like there have been times where I have people open for me who who like do significantly better than me and like gives a shit. I can't, I brought Alex Pavone with me one time. He just murdered It was hard. a mistake. <laughs> He crushed so hard that, you know, the, Is this I need Philly. Yeah. Dude, I've had Pavone open for me before too. And he also destroyed to a level that I was like, it was not comfortable. Gives a shit, dude. Well, cause, cause then you have to be up there for 45 minutes. Right. And you, you start and their expectations are, are higher than for you than they were for the opener because they think oh this is the opener it can only go up from here Mm -hmm. and it's a slow bleed out a slow cooling it's like leaving a turkey on the counter it's that's true but like it's also set up for that scenario the feature doesn't have to do as much time like the amount audiences don't know those nuances i know but like inevitably the amount of times i've heard oh the guy the guy before him was maybe even better than him correct it's like you can't escape that no matter what that's true that's true i remember seeing aziz in boston at the wilbur and everyone was saying that the opener had been better than he was who was the opener i can't remember there you go but no one ever remembers (laughs) the fucking opener (laughs) fair enough i can't remember but you know to, to julio's point doing 15 minutes is just so much easier than doing 45 because it's you, so easy dude. you do your best jokes yeah you get to play the hits anyway we did that gig it was not a good gig um they were the all the these people who work together clearly felt obligated to come to this holiday party it was not a, a cheerful festive <laughs> gathering of coworkers. it was an obligation and it felt like something bad had happened on the way to the gig for all these people. Like someone had been fired or their quarterly earnings came out below projections. <laughs> Whatever it was, they were not receptive. Ricky, being the great comedian that he is, went up there, tried his, to do his material. They didn't care. And he was just like, fuck it. Fuck you people, basically. I know I'm better than the reception I'm getting right now. And he jumped early. Really? I think he, I, I said, why don't you do 20 minutes? And I think he did 15 and halfway, you know, he had sort of finished a joke and he was like, all right, Francis, why don't you come up here? Because I don't, I don't like these people said something like that. <laughs> and I was like, all right, hello everybody. <laughs> and, uh, I went up and I basically just did crowd work the whole time because, um, they, I knew if, if, you know, if they weren't going to 
be very receptive to material. There's just no point in beating them over the head with it. Uh, mm-hmm. And that sort of loosened them up a little. But anyway, you came for the first few minutes of that gig. And we walked to Chelsea Piers together. Yes. And I remember thinking, who's this guy? Who's, <laughs> who's this handsome fellow? <laughs> Julio. Interesting. <laughs> then we didn't see each other for a bit. And then we started to do that. It was that phenomenon. Yes. Like when a word comes up for the first time. Yes. And then you start to hear it everywhere. Mm-hmm. What's the name of that? There's a couple of names for it. But Bottermeinhoff. There you go. <laughs> There's a couple of names for it, though. There's like another name. We, we, we've we covered this before. You were the like, Bottermeinhoff of that winter for right, me. Right, right. <laughs> so um, that happened. And then uh, we started seeing each other more and more. And I learned, as I've said, I think I've told this part before, but I learned that everyone liked Julio, which is a very rare card to have as a comedian. Appreciate that. And, uh, and then I met Hillary one night with you, and you had brought your, you know, lovely girlfriend who's not in comedy, nor has any desire to be in comedy, to a club. Mm-hmm. And she was, you guys were social and fun. And I remember thinking, okay, well, that's unusual, because I'm somebody who, you know, dates non-comedians and likes to be social and whatever. So that I I thought okay, well that's similar to me. Mm, and then um did you think like oh maybe our girlfriends would get along? I hadn't gone that far and it's also possible that I wasn't even dating Sierra yet. Right. And can I include this detail? Like I think I believe Hillary is going to Sierra's bachelorette. Literally, <laughs> literally. Did, I didn't know if you knew that. Yeah. She just told me today. I know. Is that awesome? I mean, what are the odds of that? What are the odds of that? What are we doing here? <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> We're bringing people together. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, come on. Uh, home run. That's if you want to talk about the great British Bake Off. That's the great American <laughs> friendship Bake Off right there. <laughs> Bringing people together. So fun. That's too funny, bro. Listen here, fans. If you like pants, shorts, or joggers, or being clothed in general, try bird dogs. (laughs) It's the only one-stop shop for all three of those things. I mean, other companies will probably make them too, but not as well as the bird dogs. (laughs) We love the bird dogs. They have a built-in underwear liner, and they're incredibly comfortable, stretchy, uh, cool on hot nights, hot on cool nights. Um, whatever your your taste for covering your legs is, try bird best. dogs. We love bird dogs. Go grab yourself a pair. Yeah. Promo code oops at birddogs.com gets you a whistling football with your first order. <laughs> and uh it. they've got some great t shirts and stuff too, but really, you know, pants, bur- uh joggers and shorts. That's birddogs.com promo code oops. So uh yeah, I mean, you know, couldn't have scripted it better. It's pretty. We good. did our test episode, went great, went went well enough, and off and off we went. And uh, you know, I've always said, but you you take a a risk, and there's two things, two or three things that could have really derailed this podcast in the early going. One, if Julio or Chris had not had the work ethic that they do, um, you don't know how consistently people are going to show up you don't know how much they believe in the project you don't know if they're flaky if they're going to be 
you know, texting you the morning of a, of a recording day and saying, hey, guys, you know, pretty hungover or not feeling well. Can we bump to tomorrow? And that just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And that is so important to getting anything off the ground. Well, dude, but you too. Like, you also. Yeah, but I knew, I knew myself. Got it. You knew you would I didn't know that. you guys. Right. True. Um, I knew that I would be I had to. I had I had no choice. I was on my own. Um mm-hmm. and I had to make up income out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Um but I that was the first thing was that you guys immediately bought in mm-hmm. completely. And the second part was that you you, you know, were I didn't know how funny necessarily you were i didn't know and i didn't know how nice and and like good of i didn't know how good our chemistry would be Mm -hmm. and all those things just were there without me even knowing it so it was a a, there was a lot of luck involved i think in in the whole assembly of the team it's one of those things where if it didn't work out people would have been like well what did you expect you barely knew this guy yeah exactly (laughs) i mean and that's that is like maybe not fair like i think that we we I, I, we didn't like not know each other at all. Like we, if I saw Fran, we would see each other around and we would talk and hang out. Like, but there's with in comedy that that's like a common thing. Mm-hmm. So you'll have a bunch of these people who, if you run into them, you'll be like, Hey, what's up? But then you wouldn't like chill with them outside of comedy. Guys, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell anchor, anchor, and then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. Let me add this wrinkle. So so last night, I had the apartment to myself. Sierra went out to dinner with some friends. Kojai and I, boys night in, chilling, watching the Hard Knocks in-season doc. It's good. About the Colts. Is it good? Spectacular. I need to watch it. I don't know why I missed it this long. Is it? Uh, yeah. I, I think it's better than the training camp one. I love the training camp ones, but this one... Follows the Colts in season. You've got Lee Schreiber doing the voiceover as always. Sick. And, uh, you know, the Colts are good. Yeah. And they started bad. Mm, so to watch them turn it fun. around like that is very, very compelling. That's fun. Plus, they've got some really amazing players, you know, Jonathan Taylor, potential MVP, whatever. We're not going to get too into football, but it, it, it's it's really good. And so very excited to, to sort of sink my teeth into that. Um, smoked a little bit of a doob little bit of a dupe and then i remembered julio had texted me earlier in the day uh saying he had something that he wanted me to take a look at and so i thought oh shoot i never got back to him on that so i facetimed you and you said we don't have to look at it no problem i'll show it to you tomorrow and then we talked on facetime for like 45 minutes yeah <laughs> and that that's you know not about the podcast just about life now i'll admit you were being nice to me. What do you mean? <laughs> I did not have much interesting stuff to say. I was stoned and 
holding you hostage with our conversation. But dude, I don't think that you should have to have something good to say. Like, it's okay. Like, that's not, that's yeah, but not I what was, friends uh, are for, dude. I was a little bit like, you know, an obligatory call to your mother or something no, where that, it, there's no if, real updates, but you're just calling to check in and you're not going to be rude enough to hang up on me because you're worried that this might be one of our last <laughs> phone calls. That's not, that's not how it was at all. It's like, there was a purpose for the call originally. You started chop, chopping it up a little and dude, it's fine. Maybe that was just like you being high being like, could be, but I don't know if like you have that in you when you're not high. I know that I don't, but when I am high, I have that on big time. Where I'm like, I'm talking too much. No one likes me. Like they think I'm annoying. I'm trying to prove myself. Why are you trying to prove yourself, dude? They like you already. I don't. <laughs> I think it's a. I think it's a two pronged thing. Where one, when I'm high, the substance of what I'm saying is a lot less interesting. But also, two, that is when I am more aware that the substance of what I'm saying is not that interesting. Dude, I I, I call bullshit on that. First of all, Francis. So we've been doing a lot of credit card talk on the pod. <laughs> I've just I've decided I was like I want to have I just want my taxes to be cleaner this year so I'm like going through all this the steps to like make sure that I have nothing to worry about when when uh, Uncle Sam comes knock and as Brent says he always takes his pound of flesh (laughs) (laughs) Um, but dude so (laughs) what doesn't Brent have a saying for he really has a lot of sayings wouldn't have thought he has a lot of sayings anyway uh so I found Francis was like, dude, I got this card. He was like gassing me up about all the perks. And I was like, all right, you know, and he's like, if you get it, make sure you tell me so I can refer you. So we both get it. Yeah, by things. the way, it's the American Express Platinum card. If you're considering getting it, please DM me so that I can send you a personal code and get those points bonuses, <laughs> please. And by the way, cannot recommend this card enough. It is really good. It is opening doors I didn't even know existed. It's great. Okay. So anyway, we were kind of fraternizing about the benefits of our new status in society. Mm-hmm. So therefore, whatever sort of mundane shit you were telling me about, was related to the credit card. So it, 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 realistically, it wasn't boring at all. It was great. It's like a fun new, this is our fun new toy. Yes, that, that might have been a good segment of the conversation, but there were definitely moments and, and, and topics that I was uh, sort of expounding upon which were did not need as much time as I gave them. Dude, it's really not a big deal, bro. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Hey, have I told you about my new cooking tool? <laughs> no. Sous vide. What is that? You never heard of one of these things? Oh, it's like S-O-U-S? S- French, yeah. yeah Sous yeah. vide. What is it? Well, it's uh, it's sort of a, a, I guess like a heater, a water heater. And you <laughs> you heat the water to a very consistent temperature. Dude, I just looked at Chris and he was start, he was nodding. I Chris was like, knows about the sous vide? I looked at him confused one, Chris? and Chris just went like, yes, young Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> right, Chris sorry. knows about the sous vide. What do you I got, Chris? I don't have one. I, I just know what they are. And they, they cook meat to perfection, right? Perfection. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a total hack. Dogs. It's a it's a total cheat code. Okay, but it's used in very elite restaurants allegedly, and was big in Europe and stuff from the eighties on, and then started to catch fire in more, you know, uh, in people's emerging homes. markets in America. Yeah, but it. Let me tell you something. So it um it heats water to a very consistent temperature. Let's say you're cooking a steak, right, and you mm-hmm. want medium rare. You want that perfect medium rare to be. 131 degrees right Mm -hmm. well you put that on a gas stove or you know in the oven you you really got to monitor it you got to know your timing you got to use a meat thermometer you take it out of the oven it's still gonna cook as it's resting 
and getting it right to that perfect temperature is, is tough. Mm-hmm. You got to be some kind of a wizard. Yeah. Right? And have experience. That's right. But with the sous vide, here's how it works. <laughs> you put, you get a pot, a big pot of water. You put your heating sous vide device into the pot of water. It brings the water to 131 degrees, mm-hmm. right? And then you take your steaks, maybe you season them first. You put them in some plastic Ziploc freezer bags, and then you submerge them in the water for about an hour, and they come very, very slowly up to 131 degrees. But because the water is only at 131 degrees, the steaks will never go past that. Got it. That's interesting. So even if you accidentally left them in 10, 20 minutes too long, whatever, you're not overcooking your steaks. So what does this mean? Is that all? So then what do you do? Then you, you take them out of the bags, you get a cast iron skillet, you get that to really high heat, oh, throw in a little sh- bit of olive oil, maybe some butter, some rosemary, some garlic, and then you sear them to finish them. Got and it. that gives you your nice crust that makes it, it seem like you cooked it the way that the Vikings did wow. over an open flame or something. So let me, can I ask you this? Sorry. You're never going to screw up these sticks. Interesting. So I've heard that. And tell me, I have, I don't know how to do this. I'm not good at like, I'm not like the meat guy. Yeah. I'm just saying like, I'm not like, oh, Julio's on the grill. Like you won't hear that yet. Mm-hmm. I hope to get there. Yeah. So what's, so don't people cook steaks in the, in I mean, the oven those, too? Those room temperature tequilas aren't going to drink themselves. They sure aren't, pal. <laughs> you, they gotta sure have, aren't. you can't have a, a hand occupied, you know, with You're a damn with right. grilling tongs. You're damn right, brother. Yeah. Um. Wait, so do people... I've heard that like you people cook their steaks in the oven and then they finish them off in the pan. I usually sear it in a pan and then finish it in the oven. Okay, okay. It or might maybe work the I might have messed. I'm, I think I yeah, may have yeah. messed up the. That's order. how I used to. That's how I always have done it. So the water method is way. E- but like, can't you heat your oven to a specific temperature also? Yeah, but but you think of this: you mm-hmm. heat your oven to four hundred, three seventy five, four twenty five, whatever it is, to finish your steak. Mm-hmm. If you cooked a steak to four hundred and twenty five degrees, it'd be a piece of wood. Got it. So could, let me ask you this, in theory, and this is my, guys, I'm sorry if you think I'm a moron for asking this question. I don't know, so I apologize. Couldn't you just put your oven at 131 degrees? <laughs> is that wrong? Um, potentially, it, my guess is that it would take a lot longer. I don't even know if it's possible, because doesn't the oven start at like it 200 might, something? I, yeah, I, okay. I, and I also think, I think there's something about the water swirls right. in the pot where it consistently kind of envelops all of the meat or whatever you've got in there such that every inch of that steak is the same temperature interesting interesting cool that's fucking cool dude yeah anyway look unfortunately this is not it sounds like we're doing if if only we were sponsored by a sous vide company but (laughs) um hopefully we can figure that out uh the point is i got this for christmas and i did steaks and they were perfect and there's a, a great sous vide cookbook that i got and it's going to absolutely revolutionize my cooking. Dude, fire. And I'm getting really into cooking. I'm really enjoying it. You can do chicken. You can do perfect poached eggs. You can do vegetables in this stuff. It's and fire, the bro. best part is you get to just leave it for, you can go do, you don't have to stand around while right. you're cooking this stuff. Right. You don't have any fear of it overcooking. Dude, it's amazing. That's very fucking yeah. cool. Um, Sous vide. Dude, quickly, I want to give a shout out to Bittersweet Houston for sending us a bunch of cookies. Oh. Really fucking decadent and cool. I ate a couple of those. We appreciate you guys sending them if you're in the the Texas area. You know how good those cookies are? They're really fucking good. We put them in the freezer as per your directions. Yes. I took them out of the freezer and ate them frozen. (laughs) 
Sorry. Didn't even heat them up. Sorry that we violated that step. I was just too excited. They're yeah. they're incredible. I did that also, but I also put them in the oven and they were just really decadent, delicious Better. fucking yeah. cookies. So they're almost like a cross between a cookie and a sticky toffee pudding or something. They're, <laughs> they're big, really fucking big good. ones. Big, juicy, delicious. Um, it's amazing. Francis, my mom keeps getting cats. Does she? And it's my fault, actually. When I was a little kid, our next door neighbor, Ryan, still one of my best friends, he had a cat. They had kittens. I wanted a kitten so bad. I went to my mom. I was like, Mom, can we please get a kitten? And she was like, no. And I was like, please. I almost was on the verge of tears. And finally, she was like, okay, fine. And for the first couple months, when she would see the cat, she would be startled and she would scream and be scared of it. (laughs) Fast forward 30 years later, she has five cats. Every time she goes to the cat store, she has to bring a cat home. So she no longer, we're like, mom, you can't go to the cat store anymore. Anyway, she loves these cats. We do too. They're great. Uh, but I figured the perfect gift to get my mom would be some upgraded kitty litter. Pretty litter. It is literally kitty litter reinvented, unlike traditional litter. Pretty litter's super light crystals trap odor and release moisture, resulting in dry, low-maintenance litter that doesn't smell. Boy, that sounds like good stuff. Yeah, like when you go into a house and you smell cats, it's not even the cats. Like You can sort of always kind of smell the litter, and it's not that bad of a thing, so you deal with it, but this has stepped it up to a point where you don't smell it at all. So get the world's smartest litter without leaving home by visiting prettylitter.com and use promo code OOPS for 20% off your first order. That's prettylitter.com, promo code OOPS, 20% off, prettylitter.com, promo code OOPS. I got something to show you. Look at my hand. Oh God! See this? Yeah, you told me about this. It's playing basketball. It's so it's so funny. Bird dogs. So you called me during when this had happened, and I felt bad for you because I re- I remember how you were like ready to. You're like, I'm gonna start trying. I'm gonna try. Like you said that, and then like all of a sudden, you're like two of your most important utensils for trying. Yeah. Are ruined. Yeah. Tell us what happened. The Squirtmaster 3000 and the Squirtmaster 4000. <laughs> <laughs> Too much? Too much for Oops the Podcast? Apologies. It's my middle finger and my ring finger on my right hand. Very important fingers. You don't realize the role of each finger until two or three of them are taken out of commission. I mean, these are like the two biggest typing fingers. They're big typing fingers and they're big gripping fingers. Big gripping you fingers. You gotta, you know, whether it's a tennis racket or a golf club or a dumbbell. I mean, the the uh, playing the piano. So many of the parts of my day are not available anymore yeah. until these puppies heal. You're a finger man. I am a finger man. <laughs> so uh, I was playing basketball with our house from Bird Dogs. To your point, trying seven in the morning. That's when they play. That's so crazy. Over Rob. at Chelsea Piers. Just a, it's very good exercise, though. We play four on four, full court. Sick. Which, you know, you're just. That's like the Iron Man of basketball. They've yeah, taken yeah. a man off the court. Someone grabs a rebound and hits an outlet pass, and they're breaking <laughs> down the court, and you're back there yelling, slow it down, pull it out, get the get the right look, just so you can walk up and join the, join the offense. Do you drive in for that? I took an Uber. It was expensive. There's no right way to do it. I drove the first time, and you park, and it's like $30 for the hour, Ugh. and then you, I don't know. There's, there's no right way to do Brutal. it. Brutal. We're playing, you know, my my whole fear in, in getting back into men's loose basketball is to get it. It's getting injured, which I told you on the phone. I don't know if you had known this before, 
but it's the number one cause of injury in men 25 to 45 is pick a basketball in America. Are you for real? Yeah. More than car accidents? It's the number one cause of injury. More than car accidents? I'm not sure. I, 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 I'm not sure if it's I would guess it's of, of sports that men play. It's probably but the it could. One. I, I would understand it being higher than car accidents. Because if, you if just get you can get more injuries. You can just yeah, and they might not be that bad of injuries, yeah. but whatever. Well, there were three minutes left in the one hour that we were playing. Ugh, that makes it even worse. And someone went to cut through the paint, and I reached out to sort of get a hand on him defensively, and it's as if I reached into his soul. <laughs> it was as though I was trying to like in the Matrix when the agents try to convert people into more agents and they reach into their body that's what i did right into his breastplate and uh my two fingers jammed i mean impossibly hard (laughs) i don't know how they didn't just snap in two but they it was so much pain that um i was laughing in hysterics (laughs) i didn't know what sounds to make and i was embarrassed but I, I didn't know what to do. I was sort of gasping for breath, ah. bouncing around, running around the court. You know, the game is still going on, and I'm I'm nowhere near the action. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of squealing. I didn't, and I was very nervous about coming off as a little bitch boy, mm-hmm. uh, based on the noises that I was making. But no, because nobody cares about a finger injury. You go down with a knee injury or a torn Achilles. Everyone's crowded over. People are worried about you. You're holding your hand. You're shaking your hand. People are like, come on. There's a wide range of how badly that could actually be. But bro, I mean, people come out of the game for that, like in the NBA. Yeah. And and that's usually when their fingers at a right angle. I don't know, man. A little jam. People get taken out for that sometimes. The point is both fingers are completely purple and it's been really bad. Can I see? Yeah. Do you think that they're broken? Well, it's possible. I talked to my buddy's dad, who's a hand doctor. I FaceTimed him. And uh, he said, you know, you you might consider getting an x-ray because it's possible that bone shards have pulled away from the tendon, in which case it might heal in such a way as to limit your mobility. Mm. And uh, you should do the buddy method, dude. Tape those together. together. Yeah, he said that. That might be kind of kind of fun dude i jammed my toe on my on a radiator you guys probably remember this is a few months ago but like remember. it was so fucking purple like five times more purple than that right, well, let's not get into and just just hear me out there's a reason for that we're not competing All right. there's a reason for this but mine ended up not being broken and it looked much worse than that yeah see i bet mine's broken and sometimes <laughs> sometimes it's not the question of of how purple is it but there may be things happening under the skin that uh that you know I don't want to get into this contest that you made it. But. <laughs> well, I was devastated because I was positive that it was broken. And when it wasn't, it was one of those things like, can you check again? So so this is, this is what I wanted to get to, <laughs> which is when you get injured later in life, there's almost a part of me that wants it to look bad so that it, people believe me and care more. Blood is the best. Bleeding is great because bleeding, even if it's a tiny bit, is an instant signifier that you truly have hurt yourself Mm -hmm. and people believe it. There's proof. Look at that. You're bleeding. Oh, no. When was the last time 
I think the, the coolest thing a guy can do is to be bleeding and not know it and have someone else point it out. <laughs> oh, shoot. Did you see? You're bleeding. I don't remember. What? Really? And then they're like, this guy didn't even know he was bleeding. <laughs> what is he, Wolverine? <laughs> Come on. That's, that's manly. That's manly. It's manly. Yeah. So blood is definitely the best. But then, you know, having fully purple fingers, I kept wanting them to get more and more purple. So that I could really show it to people and say, look, I'm hurt. This is what I'm going through. It looks pretty bad. Dude. I'm toughening it out, though. It sucks because during the game, it's not purple yet. So no one knows to what degree you're suffering. So yeah. like like you said, someone would be like, oh, dude, you're fine. But you, then did you send everybody a picture of that who was at the game? No, not yet. <laughs> no, I just know I'm aware. <clears throat> I'm, I'm aware that they don't. They're not going to care. Nobody cares about anyone else's injury. Unless you are really, really hurt. Unless you have to go to the hospital. Yeah. But you know, it's funny because when I was in college, I had major back pain. And that is the ultimate injury where people just don't care. Interesting. I had nerve, a pinched nerve in my back. So I had shooting pain all up and down my left leg for every practice. How'd you fix it? I did everything I could. I would go to the training room, you know, two hours before practices and lifts to get heating pads. I'd have our trainer do a, a hard massage. I would do a hot tub. And then after the thing, I would go back in and I would do an ice bath for 20, 30 minutes or whatever. And, and you do, you know, stim. Yeah. You do those, yeah. those boots that inflate. Mm -hmm. Put your leg oh, in those one of those. Those are the best. Yeah. You go, you really treat yourself and, and you're doing everything you can to get yourself to 60%. And then so, but like, does it, is that one of those things that kind of just goes away over time? Because I know it's like a hard thing to fix. Yeah. Eventually, once you stop, you know, exercising for four and a half hours a day after college, your body calms down and it stopped being a major right, problem. Right, right, Um, I don't know exactly how it fixed itself, but. You know, I just, it was just so clear that I was overusing myself. Mm -hmm. But the, but the thing is, is, you know, you tell your coach, I can't practice today or whatever. Why? Well, my back hurts. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's as vague and unprovable. There's no, you know what I mean? No, nobody, people think you're being, no matter what people think, think you're being a wimp. I don't think that personally. I don't know. Maybe I'm missing out on that or something, but I don't like, Back pain, while again, it's a little like vague, like you said, it could mean a lot of things, but like, I'm really scared of like throwing out my back just because like, I know that just happens to people. Yeah. Is there an age where that starts happening? I would think so. Like even I have friends who are like pretty fit, who are a little older and they'll just like throw out their back. And I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? Yeah. Like you just can't even get up. Doesn't it mean that a disc becomes slides out of place or becomes displaced or is, something is it i have no idea i wonder um but like oh, i threw out my back I, I remember when i was a kid my friend's dads would throw out their back yeah right right and i'd be like what i don't know that scares me a bit it does it is scary but um you know unless you have a true cracked disc or something that could show up on an mri that type of back pain i had was always you know I, I knew that my teammates and my coach were dubious, which is why you have to just play through it. Yeah, but the, the yeah. pain of that 
was so much worse than having fingers that are purple, which ironically yeah. my teammates would have said, Ooh, that looks bad. Right. You know, be more willing to, to, to let you off the hook. I respect, uh, I will not respect. It's nice though, to have like supervision from a doctor where you're like, even though this hurts, will it get worse when they're like, no, that makes me feel way better. Totally. Guys with hello fresh, you get farm fresh pre portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make some home, uh, to make home cooking easy and fun and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh cuts back on time spent in the kitchen, so you can spend it on your other resolutions with meals ready in around thirty minutes or less. Plus, quick and easy meals, including twenty-minute recipes and low prep and easy cleanup options, provide an even faster route to putting food on the table. Don't forget dessert. Satisfy your sweet tooth with seasonal limited time goodies like Dunkaroos cookie dough or vanilla delight cheesecake. It's great, especially Hill Dog and I have been have made a resolution to kind of start cooking more and being more domestic. And this has really helped us sort of take the step in that direction. Uh, not to mention after a long work day where we're both exhausted or whatever, uh, it sucks to have to do extra prep. So HelloFresh really takes away a lot of those steps Good. and makes it much easier. You guys will save so much money. I know. It's dope. So go to HelloFresh.com slash OOP16 and use, co- and use code OOP16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash OOPS16 and use OOPS16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. What would you say the best injuries are to have? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. After all of this? When all things considered. Best injuries. Oh, man. I mean, anything that anything bleeds. Anything heals is... quickly, bro. Honestly. Okay, well, that's a different take. You're going in a different direction. Oh, I'm going. I'm not going in the like, ooh, the most dramatic injury. I want, I want an injury that looks really bad, but isn't actually going to be all that bad. Maybe uh, like a good old fashioned slow motion hyperextension that heals itself in a couple of days. Where on the replay you see the knee go in the wrong direction. Yeah, but you and I don't have replays. You know, I'm talking for for the layperson. Okay. Ah, uh, man, I don't fucking know, bro. What do you think? The worst injury is in this vein is a cuticle <laughs> because it hurts really bad. And, That's a good point. And nobody will ever be like your cuticle hurts, dude. I'll 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 take an over uh, an over tugged cuticle because those bleed for a They're good terrible. amount. Terrible. And you try to bite them off and you can't get close yeah, enough. Yeah, I hear you. You're just trying to fucking bite it. And, and you're ripping and pulling and tugging like it's a shoelace and it just keeps getting deeper until finally you're you're sucking the blood out of your own thumb <laughs> and then spitting it aside as if a, a rattlesnake bit you. <laughs> That's good. Do you want a, a thrown out back? What is a thrown out back? Throwing out your back is characterized by a sudden severe pain in your back. This usually occurs in the lower back and it happens during physical activity. It can be caused by a muscle spasm, arthritis, a slipped or ruptured disc, mm. or the cause can remain a mystery. The most common cause is muscle strain or spasm. There you go. You, I mean, this is what I'm talking about. Anything where there's a chance that the cause may be a mystery mm. does not lend itself <laughs> to sympathy. <laughs> you know? Well, dude, I've started going to the gym with, with Hillary. Whoa. We've started going to the gym together. How does that work? So, I mean, she just joined the gym that I already go to and we, and it's actually very fun. Like I'll do something silly and then we'll like lock eyes across the gym and it's just like a fun little thing that we have now. Do you judge her workouts though? No. She go harder than you or you go harder than her? I don't know. I don't really think about it. 
Damn, dude. What are you guys just fucking perfect? Dude, I just don't care. Like, I, I don't feel this pressure to go harder or less harder than her. Like, my, bo- my body is my body. So it's total is independence, no judgment. You're just at the gym at the same time. I don't judge her. She may judge me. I don't know. But, dude, she, well, she may judge me because I do silly things. Like, you know the power plate? Do you know that accessory? Is that the, that thing you stand on that, that like rumbles? vibrates? Yeah. yeah. So sometimes when it's cold, I like to treat myself to the power plate, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be like straddling it, and she'll like will think it's funny, and then I will start, I will start kind of leaning into it, but she'll make that face like the "what the fuck are you doing" face with the, like the head shake, and she'll be like, and then she'll start laughing, and then I'll be kind of like straddling the power plate, or I'll, we'll just like do silly shit, dude, and it's fun. Huh. You know, it's a nice thing. I actually used to be really scared of the idea of working out with my girlfriend. Like, thought it was like weird. Uh, but now that we've been together for so long, it's no longer weird for me, and I enjoy it and think it's funny. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we did a we did a partner workout um, on the TV. Oh, fun! When we had COVID, since we couldn't go anywhere, and I say partner workout, we were just both following the instructions of this guy. It was you know a full body strength workout so a lot of lunges and sort of push-up type things and i was gently encouraging her which i think she liked and that nice. that's nice but you know i'm i'm that's more our speed when we're working out together is i, I is we're you, pushing each other yeah 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 i don't know that that's necessarily ours but dude i no no i'm not i'm not saying it should or shouldn't be no no i'm not like no i agree i it works for some people and doesn't just, for others but dude the fucking uh i've been doing the uh the apple fitness workouts okay at, i and i do them at the gym like there's something about working out in my apartment my apartment it just isn't big enough and i don't like the idea of wanting to be pushed to the point where i'm sweating all over my apartment yeah i'd prefer to avoid that so i will do the at-home workouts at the gym which is also in a kind of an embarrassing thing to be doing I'll use like the stretching area and I'm doing like embarrassing things like, but I've gotten over it. Like I don't give a fuck anymore. I'll no. just go in there and just do my thing. Yeah, you got it. But dude, the guy, the, the, the workout people, and I don't know if they did a focus group and they decided that this was effective, but they're just such corn balls that it's insane. Like what's up guys. Welcome back to the Apple fitness studio here in LA. <laughs> listen up fam. They literally will say, listen up fam. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then they'll be like, Ooh, imagine dragons. This song really gets me going. <laughs> this song reminds me of, and then they'll like almost make up some inspirational thing. They'll be like overcoming stuff yeah. in your life, in all of our lives. <laughs> all right, fam, two more dude. It's just like the worst <laughs> But it's just easy and effective and like I can just do it in my phone. It it links to my watch. Like there's things about it that are great. But sometimes I'd be like, dude, you're such a tool to like whoever the person is. Yeah. I don't know. You know, all the Peloton instructors, it's the same thing. There is a a forced happiness. (laughs) Did Peloton invent that? I sort of feel like they did. I think that's been around for a while. I think spins instructors, uh, spin classes, that's always been the case. But like digitally, like the digital... And like bringing that, but you're right. Like the spin instructors, Jesus, dude, it's brutal. It is. Um, you know, and they're always talking about the family, you know, and everybody who's doing this is a, we're not a family. We're not a family. I bet you, if I met anyone else that was on their bike for that class, I would hate them. (laughs) You can't pick your family, Francis. If I saw them, I'd be competing and trying to cycle them into the ground. Fuck you. Yeah. You know, if I'm, God forbid there's a pregnant woman on the bike next to me. (laughs) And she's outperforming. They always t- seem to outperform you. 
I used to when I used to do those group boutique workouts in New York, there'd always be a pregnant woman there who crushing was it. crushing us. <laughs> and it would make me mad. Like, what are you doing? You should be on a couch watching, you know, Maury. That's really funny. Eating cheese crackers or something. Like Dude, it's funny. In the workout class capacity, I am not effective. Like I'm just never I'm never good enough that I'm gonna be the best. So I've sort of like given up. I've never got like I can't think of a class where I'm competing to be the best guy in the class. Like I will never come close. It must be nice to feel that way. Um, to be vying for that spot. I'm not flexible enough. I'm not fit enough. I like never have been. Even when I was like at the peak of my athletic, I still couldn't. You know, I think I think, yeah, there is there is something nice to to sort of doing the hard trying to do the hardest version. But I also know that um when I first moved to New York and I was doing CrossFit, it's what drove me to serious injury. Mm. Because you ignore, you know, your competitiveness overwhelms your body's uh, radar signals that you're going a little, flying too close to the sun. Yeah. And lifting more than you should and, and pushing through bad pain. Um and I had a huge elbow reconstruction because of it. Really? really? Yeah. I, I think I, I, may, I think I knew that, but maybe I never connected the dots. Yeah, it was because of CrossFit. CrossFit is, uh, is really dangerous. Well, dude, the only class where I've ever actually competed for the best person in the class was gentle yoga, but it wasn't fair because I was like 30 <laughs> years younger than everybody. But I used to do that class once a week, and it, was, it doesn't exist anymore because How not enough people were taking is it. Is that competitive? How can you make gentle yoga competitive? Okay, because the woman would be like, if you're really feeling frisky, uh -huh. you can do this. And I would be the only person I'm physically frisky, yeah. capable of the friskiness to do something simple that in another class wouldn't even be, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, and I and did then enjoy she, that. She, she's walking around and she puts a, a gentle hand on your shoulder exactly. and is like, you can, you can do this one. Keep going. And then you feel like the teacher's pet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was nice. Francis, I'm on my new year, new me shit, dude. You better be, bad boy. I'd be out here eating extremely healthy for now. We'll see. I don't know. But one thing that is helpful in that department, Magic Spoon cereal. Yes. You know? Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so good. Makes me excited about waking up. It's a nice bridge into sort of like a healthy lifestyle because it feels like a naughty little treat. When it's really not. It's actually very healthy. Not naughty. Zero nice. grams of sugar, 13, 14 grams of protein, only four net garb, uh, net garbs, only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Do gram garbs is grams of carbs combined. Love that. Four net grams of garbs. No, no, that was all right. Four net garbs. All right, whatever. Only 140 calories a serving. It's keto friendly, gluten free, <laughs> grain free, soy free, low carb. Uh, you can build your own box. Available flavors to build your very own custom bundle are cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon, cookies and cream, and maple waffle. Maple waffle! <laughs> <laughs> Go to magicspoon.com slash oops, grab a custom bundle of cereal, start your new year off right, and be sure to use our promo code oops at checkout to save five bucks off of your order. And Magic Spoon's so confident in their product, it's a backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash oops and use the code oops to save $5 off. Thank you very much. I got to tell you something, Julio. Um, I booked a pretty sick trip for my birthday. I, mean, I heard a bit about it. I'd like to hear the deets. Napa. 
Sick. Ever heard of it? I sure have. Napa? Have you been before? Never. Now, one of the impeti. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there it is. One of the, I think it's impetuses, but I don't, something. I've never, I don't actually, it's definitely not impeti, but I'd be, I think that's funny. Um, <laughs> one of the impeti for us going to Napa is that uh, with the wildfires being increasingly bad each year in that area, I don't know how many years we have left to go to wine. Is that real? I don't know. It seems that way. Damn. I mean, these vineyards are getting decimated. Jesus. Their crop production, their yields are are smaller and smaller every year. Damn, bro. They're really struggling. And I watched it. There was a 60 Minutes piece on the vineyards of France and how they're just it's the the wine industry in france is is operating it you know putting out 40 percent less wow this year than they did last year of, of wa- total wine in, in bordeaux or whatever um and what, what's interesting is that it means that it's shifting the areas in which wine production is flourishing mm-hmm. and it just keeps moving moving north so now they're saying england out of nowhere is becoming one of the best producers of sparkling wines good for them good for them yeah but it's not a great sign and by the way this mirrors what's happening with the lobster trade really yeah um pushing north in maine i mean you used to be able to get lobster in, in bounties of lobster all up the east coast basically massachusetts mm-hmm. and you know down through new york whatever and maine was always known for it but the lobster kept migrating north to find colder water because mm. they like cold water and a couple of years ago maine had its highest crop a bumper crop as they call it of lobster ever which drove the price of lobster down and we as mainers were thrilled but from a marine biology standpoint it's not a good sign because if that's the peak they're going to keep moving north and they'll move up into the bay of fundy and canada and all of that and soon you won't be able to a bunch of unemployed lobster lobster fishermen yeah it's just horrible so um because the water is getting warmer so um i don't know i mean you'll it'll be interesting to see like you know what if, if that happens in in, with wine in America, where you know all of a sudden Washington State and mm-hmm. whatever else become the centers for oh, interesting. Cabernet, interesting, crazy. Um, so we're going to Napa because who knows how much time we'll have left to do that. And uh, I had gotten a bunch of checks at the end of the year. That I were outstanding. Oh, nice for gigs. Nice for nice, nice. for deals that I had, whatever. And I came home from Miami and opened up, you know, an amount of checks, money that I don't think I've had at oh, one man. time. Jealous. That's sick. It was a really good feeling, but it's That's sick. I I still don't have the discipline to say, well, you you better you better know that the coming months might be a little quieter i know so you should sock some of this away i didn't spend all of it but instantly i started looking at a really sick trip to go on for my birthday and booked napa and booked the most expensive hotel in napa (laughs) and i'll tell you something 
I was very I'm very excited about it. But the the drop from the top hotel to the second best hotel in price is like 40% less. Yeah. And the second best hotel looks I'm sure it's just sick, as yeah. nice if not nicer than any hotel I've ever stayed in. Mm-hmm. And so but there's something I'm going to say something kind of twisted here. There's a there is a perverted peace of mind that comes from knowing you spent the most that you could on something. I get That's how they get you. I get peace of mind from spending the least amount of money that I can or on something most. or the most. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. But it, it is true. Like you'll be looking at hotels and they'll sort of be like a general price range. And then the best hotel is just like cost twice as much. As it's, it's crazy. Preposterous. Yeah. But do you do you, do you know what I'm saying? Like getting a really good deal on something really cheap and being like, "Wow, we're doing this for nothing. This right. is going to be amazing. I'm so happy." Or if you're like, "I want to. I don't want price to be a factor. This is a, something I'm doing for myself. I can't afford it." Um, even though the the second best hotel would blow us away, something about the excitement leading up to the trip, knowing you're going to the number one. I get that from like paying for my own large scale productions. Well, that's a great. I know, but it's the, that's the it. that's the only way that I can that that's the way that I relate to that because to be honest, like the most expensive hotel, I don't even like consider it. But it, I'm maybe I'm not, not I talking. I would net. By the way, for just myself, I never do this. But if it's a couple's trip, I dude, I don't want I, you to make. I don't. I'm not trying to make you feel. But differentiate for a second. Okay. You're going on a trip with Hill Dog. Yeah. You want to stay in a nice place. Whereas you go on a trip for work to Iraq or whatever. <laughs> you don't, you're not looking to. As concerned about it. So. Impress anyone. Okay. Yes. But oddly enough, the Iraq thing ends up being the splurge just because of how expensive it is to bring other people to do whatever, whatever the, the thing with Hill, with Hill Dog it's it, it it generally ends up becoming this. What is the nicest place we can stay at that we can afford? And then we'll get that. But here's my question. How do you determine what you can afford? You know? Yeah, like a what, good question. I don't question. I don't really know what I mean I hate to say this. I don't really know what I can afford. Okay, so fair. So let's let's think about it this way. So you just had, a, let's say you you got what's equivalent to a bonus by getting all these checks that they did, Correct. right? Sure. So when you get a bonus, it's nice to get yourself a treat. A little treat. That treat can be whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So for you, it is buying this trip. Mm-hmm. So you can afford that. Whereas for me, the, the treat might, who knows what it would be. It could also be that, but it might not be. And so let's call this different than a normal vacation because what I can and can't afford under normal vacation, let's say we're planning to take a vacation. Therefore we look at it that way. If it's like, Oh shit, I just got a bunch of money out of nowhere. Let's fucking go on a trip. That's different. That's different. You can afford it in that context. That's different than like planning a vacation and being like, okay, how much does this cost? This is how I, this is how I gauge it. How much will this cost? Can I, and then I'm like, can I afford it? Okay. Maybe not. Let's see the next one down. And you yeah. eventually whittle it down to something that you can afford. We would certainly not be going and staying at this hotel had I not gotten those checks. Totally. Different. In fact, we wouldn't be going on the trip at all. And that's the problem. That is a problem for me. 
is that I, we travel so infrequently for ourselves. We do so little. We don't go out to dinner. We, you know, we we really don't splurge on ourselves that often. That when we do, it's as if I'm making up for lost time. And I actually think doing a few more trips together or dinners or whatever it is might cost me less than these one-off over-the-top things that I, that I really swing for. Oh, so, but, but this is the other thing too to consider is like time, you know what I mean? So like yeah. you had a bunch of weddings last year, right? So let's just say that that took up the, that budget from me. That took that budget away from you. Yeah. You're like, I have to put, cause these are sort of, so these are still like things for you in a capacity, but it's different than just like planning your own trip and going. Right. So like how often, and I don't know what your wedding schedule is like this year. I know you have your own, um, but you're not going to be able to necessarily go on five trips. So why not just have a one big one? That's kind of my, that was my thought. We never do this. I don't want to leave any stone unturned. Dude, I'm all for it. Like your experiences at the end of the day are like the only thing you fucking have. And yes, it's true. It's the only thing you have and it's always worth it to spend too much. Can I tell you something? This was another major eye-opening moment that I had in that last week of 2021. Mm. As I was in Florida with my family before we went to Miami, I'm there with my sister, my brother-in-law, my parents, and my niece, my little baby niece. She's just one now. And I watched as... My sister and my brother-in-law, their lives were completely consumed and dedicated to their baby. Mm-hmm. Understandably, right? Totally. Um, but, you know, to the hour, rely, you know, can they even find an hour to go work out or do whatever they want? Will she abide by her nap schedule or is she off? You know, and it was such an all-consuming commitment that I had a very clear thought of I only have a a couple years left before I have children. I want to maximize the activities that I do in that time uh, that I will not be able to do once I have children. And it all of a sudden made me want to travel all the time with Sierra. Nice, dude. I thought we have got to go to places and do things now because we only have a a couple of years before we have children we have to get these in yeah dude i love it and that's when i overcorrected and booked this napa trip dude like you need to not like i don't i don't know if you just like feel guilty to the fact that you're admitting you're going on like a kind of lavish trip what it is but like don't like second guess it dude i'm i'm second guessing parts of it what one part of it is have fun ball out and like show us dude show us Mm. yourself in a bubble bath drinking fucking expensive champagne i don't know do as the rappers would do i don't know if i'm gonna i'm not a show i'm a i'm a a grower not a shower you know (laughs) trying to grow my instagram account not show everybody i I don't know what it is but people like it dude people want to see you having fun uh Fuck them, dude. Fuck them. No, not fuck them. These are, these are our fans. These I are... know, but dude, our fans want to see you have fun, dude. It's Maybe. Sick. Like, look at Francis fucking killing it. Well, you know what I like to do? I do like to do. Do you remember when I went to Jamaica and I got sunburned and I made a bunch of Instagram yeah, stories about that? That's funny. So that's my way of showing. Quality content. And having cocktails or whatever. It's not a panorama of our digs. 
with a geotag of a hotel that everyone can then look up and say, oh, shit, that place is where the Kardashians stayed last week. Fine, but you're doing it anyway with the sunburn footage. Yeah, but you could be staying at a Hilton in Jamaica with that sunburn. Okay, but you don't have to be like, here I am at the Ritz Carlton, Indonesia. (laughs) 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 Like, you know, dude, I like, don't, like, I want you to enjoy the thing that you've done. I think I will. But there's one other piece of the budgeting that, you know, I did not, I was not honest with myself about, which is that you book the hotel, sure. The flight's not expensive. Great. We are going to do these wine tastings. Mm-hmm. which get expensive dinners are expensive yeah and we go to wine country you can't drive you can't drive around to these right. tastings because you you're getting hammered yeah so you have to either book a driver which apparently is very expensive i guess i've been told that ubers are very hard to find classic you know it's a place that's supporting its driver industry or whatever mm. um and so that's another expense. And then, you know, the all, and then we'll probably want to buy some cases of wine to ship home from these places we really like. Uh, and all of this is going to add a lot more on top. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the belt tightening, you don't really want to feel it while you're there. Where going to the second nicest hotel, I just feel like there would have been right. a you couple would, you notches all set. looser on the belt for me to, fill in well dude fuck it you're this is the beauty of this it's not for a couple months and you've already booked it therefore stage a of the expense of the expenses has already occurred and stage b will occur when you're there so you have some time to prepare for it yeah prepare aka make some more money put some cash to the side brother we're only i did have the um the the willpower to only book three nights i kind of wanted to do four and I said, that's too much. So we're only going for three nights to this hotel. Dude, great. I suspect we'll stay at a, a, a crummier hotel the first night and then go to this place. Oh, cool, cool. And that'll hopefully bring use, me out. Use your down. points, dude. Once uh, once I hit my, yeah. my yeah. bonus, you'll get those extra I'm points. Still, I'm, I'm kind of saving the points for the honeymoon is, uh, my, is where my head's at right now. Interesting. Yeah. Clever. Yeah. Um, did I ever tell you my wine country story? No. You've been? Yeah. This is... uh. I think. Are I, you a big wine guy? Do you like wine? Sure. I don't know. Like, no, not yeah, necessarily. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at, dude. I, I like a nice Lambrusco, bro. Okay. I like a nice fucking like where my family's from and my dad's family's from in Italy. Like, they everybody makes their own. That's cool. And it's just like a good sparkling red, and you can't really get sparkling like sparkling red. Yeah, you can't get like a good crisp, dry sparkling red that many places. It'll be like all fruity and shitty or mm. like sweet. But like the way they make it over there is like killer. Anyway, whatever. I'm not a big wine guy, though. Like, whatever. I'll drink it. I don't know shit. I don't pretend to know anything. Same. All good. I used to be a smoker, and I definitely feel like this is a cleaner alternative to cigarettes. Uh, Lucy Slim Pouches use the newest technology for synthesizing pure nicotine in the lab. None of the tobacco, all the nicotine satisfaction. Lucy Slim Pouches include both coconut oil and gum base to provide a soft, fluffy texture that enhances the flavor and doesn't dry out your mouth. They come in three different strengths, four, eight, and 12 milligrams, and three exclusive delicious flavors, spearmint, mango and cool cider yeah i'm a big mango fan personally when it comes to uh, these kind of products i feel like that's a that's a winner uh if you need a suggestion i definitely recommend that but anyway it's 2021 don't compromise when you're choosing your nicotine products go with the newest tobacco free options from lucy oops the podcast listeners go to lucy.co and use promo code oops to get 20 percent off of your order of lucy 
Slim Pouches, or any other Lucy products. That's lucy.co and use promo code OOPS at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains non-tobacco nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co, be sure to use that promo code OOPS. Um, so this friend of mine convinced me to move him out of his apartment. Uh, in No, okay. He convinced me to move him out of his like parents' house in San Francisco. He had moved to LA. He was going to get stuff. He's like, I'll rent a truck. Like, we'll go together. It'll be great. Like, you'll stay with me. We'll do some stuff in San Francisco. It'll be great. Whatever. And I was like, okay. Like, it didn't. I actually, he he framed it in a way where it wasn't going to be a big deal. He's like, I'm going to grab, I'll rent a thing to attach to the back of the truck and it'll be easy peasy. No big deal. So we get there and he hadn't really thought this through. So we, he realizes that, he, the, it's less expensive to just rent a truck than to rent the thing that attaches to the back. So he's like, dude, would you mind driving the rental truck? I'm like, what? So I'm just driving a rental truck. Mm. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? So I'm going to drive in this truck and like, I'm listening to cereal. This is when like cereal was big. So yeah. he said something, but it's all like windy and it's a fucking like, so I'm all stressed out, whatever. <laughs> dude. So the first night we stop in, uh, he's like, dude, let's go to Napa. He's like, let's go to one of these wine uh, tasting places. It'll be sick. So we go. You're going from San Francisco to LA and you no, guys we, went to Napa? No, we drove from LA to San Francisco. Oh, so you went past went to San Napa. Francisco. We went to Napa first or whatever. Yeah. And in that truck? Yes. Okay. So dude, he's like, <laughs> so we had a plan. We were going to like stay with his parents that night. And he's like, dude, this girl, I, I, he's, he's like, she's begging me to come. He's like, you'll have a place to stay. Like, let's go stay at her place. And I'm like, okay, so we get to, so we go to the wine tasting. It's great. Uh, then we get to this girl's place. Can you describe what the wine tasting was like? It was amazing. So dude, it was at this place that was like a sculpture park. Uh -huh. and there was these incredible sculptures and like you walk around these grounds and then you do like a pairing and like you drink a bunch of wine and try a bunch of different wines. And it was just so dope. Like, cool. We had a great time. Um, did you, did you use one of those spit buckets? Um, I don't necessarily, I don't know. I don't remember. Okay. But like, I know that they have that, but I think I was just drinking it all. Yeah. Like Apparently it's actually more elite if you use the spit bucket. That makes sense. But because it means you're like, ah, I don't like this. And you know, whereas I, I just, I'm going to be a bottomless pit. <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm I drink be, it all. I, even if I don't like it, I'll just take it like a shot. Yeah. So dude, a hundred percent. That's what, that's what I, where I was at. Okay. So anyway, so like, I mean, that's the extent of the wine country part, but the rest of the story is pretty funny. So anyway, dude. We get to this girl's place, okay? Mm -hmm. And she's like, hey, like, just so you know, like, we, I don't have a bed for you. So <laughs> you're going to have to sleep down here on the floor. I have a sleeping bag. And I was like, do you have a, like a pillow? And she's like, you know, I don't. And my friend's like, dude, I'm sorry. He's like, do this for me. He's like, I promise tomorrow I'll make it up for you. Like, you can have my bed at my parents' house and I'll sleep on the couch. And I was like, okay, fine, whatever. So I sleep on the floor in a sleeping bag with this girl's chihuahua. And I wake up in the morning, dude, to people standing over me, people who I didn't know standing over me. And they were like, um, sorry, like, what are you doing here? And it turned out this girl was the caretaker of this venue where they have weddings. And I was sleeping on the floor in a, in a sleeping bag of a place that they were trying to show these people for their wedding. Are you kidding no. me? No. And I didn't know. No one told me this before. And I just, I was like. I was so fucking pissed. I was like, are you serious? But I was like, all right, whatever. I'm going to let it go. It's fine. Like, this is so shitty, but okay, dude. So then, <laughs> dude, the next day we go to his parents' house and we're at dinner and his mom and his dad are there. And like his mom and dad are separated. 
and his dad, we're all drinking to dinner, drinking to dinner, and his dad gets like a little fucked up and then goes upstairs to go to bed because he can't drive home. And then like an hour later, my friend's like, dude, like my dad is, t- is sleeping in the bed that <laughs> you were going to be sleeping in. I'm sorry. God. Like, would you be cool sleeping? And I end up sleeping in like a reclining chair. <laughs> and at this point, I'm like, dude, I'm going to fucking kill you, dude. <laughs> And then the next day, like, end up moving all this furniture with him and his dad. Like, dude, I, just, I wanted to fucking kill this guy. I said, dude, I'll make it up to you. I, whatever. So anyway, that's that's how that happened. But what is the worst? What's the worst Sucks. place or situation you've ever slept in? Dude, I gotta be honest. Sleeping in a tent in Iraq, neck like directly next to Zach, mm-hmm. and we didn't have room to both be in the tent on the hard ground with it was that was probably that's really bad upwards of the worst i've ever yeah that's really bad what about you um well okay i mean the first one that comes to mind the reason i asked this question is one time i I remember when i was a i guess a senior in high school i was we had to get community service hours in order to graduate Mm. do you guys have that at your school yeah i think i I think I may have like cheated on mine. A lot of people did, yeah. I think. Yeah. But there was this weirdly this <laughs> French immersion school popped up a mile from my house. Um that was for I think kindergartners through third graders or something like that out of nowhere. It was just this they they total French immersion school. Um and I would drive by it and then one day I I sort of wandered in and I I spoke good French and uh I said, you know, I'm, I speak French. I'd love to, if, if you guys have like a, a soccer or, you know, I would happily coach gym or, or volunteer. Cause I need to get uh community service hours to graduate. And the guys were like, cool. Yeah, whatever. And I got to know the director of the school. And then he had a cousin in near Normandy. Okay. And his cousin had a son who was my age who was a really cool kid, uh, was a very good athlete. Um, his name was Maxime. And he was on the national French rink hockey team. Oh, wow. They basically play... What like, does that mean? It's it's hockey played on roller skates. Wow. Not roller blades. That's But crazy. legit roller skates that have a the break in the toe. You know, like yeah, a, yeah. a thing. And... Um, that's but it's insane. like it's intense and they wear full pads they wear helmets and um the the sticks are kind of like uh imagine a field hockey stick it's kind of like that okay and they have like penalty shots and they would they would pack i mean i went and watched one of their games and they would pack these arenas that's cool and dude. it was super hype it was awesome random sports like that are so interesting yeah i'd never even really heard of first it first time same for me yeah so I got, in, I started emailing with this kid. We kind of became pen pals or whatever. And uh, I went to visit him at the end of that summer, heading into my senior year, uh, and went to Normandy basically to to Brittany. And this is the country, right? And you know, I've never met this guy before. I I I fly over there. I, I pull in. I, jet lagged his parents pick me up he's he's with them in the car we start talking it's great and then you know we start going out at night and he and his like f- best friends from this region would party so 
fucking hard. Sick. Dude, I can't even describe it. I mean, it's almost like for lack of other things to do, right. they would just right. have these house parties and, you know, whoever's parents were out of town. But it was their parents knew and didn't care. But right. like everyone would go to the house party and everyone would sleep there. And these houses were, you know, stone cottages yeah. that were built in like the 1800s and were <laughs> tiny. Oh my God. And there'd be like 25 people sleeping in there. Oh my God. And these people and these kids would get so fucked up. Like they had all kinds of new ways of getting fucked up that I'd never <laughs> heard of before. And they, you know, they smoked. Smoke this. They'd smoke hash. The, 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 the sort of the brown brick. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I was smoked weed but not much and tried that and didn't i didn't whatever it but it was always mixed with tobacco and then they'd run out of the hash so they would just do bong hits with pure tobacco oh my god and i like i wouldn't do that but i I saw them do this and i was like these guys are fucking nuts how did they not beat the nazis anyway um (laughs) you know like is this these farm why were they in the resistance like whatever so um so uh one night we were at this girl's house uh i think her name was adeline and um we were we were hanging there getting super fucked up and you know it was always like drinking cups of shitty vodka mixed with fanta Mm. stuff like that and and you know playing games someone would bring it bring out a guitar they'd sing a redemption song in poor english whatever but it was fun and that night there was this attic space that was just a floor on the attic and like people at various points in the party would sort of climb this ladder to go up there and sleep on coats oh god i think there was like a a gymnastics mat that like seven people slept on and i went up there towards the end you know they they would party till five six in the morning and i went up there to try to find a spot to sleep couldn't find any like tried for a while people were talking oh god and finally i was like fuck this and i went and i slept in the car Uh, in the front seat like the passenger seat i forgot i've done that before too and that that was bad that whole night was was bad that's the, the the sleeping in a the seat of a car is really really. It's really not bad. fun, which makes me feel even worse for people who live in their car. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like I because I even in that show made remember how yeah, she catches her mom, her mom sleeping yeah. in the car. I, I when I the Best Buy the whole Best Buy saga I slept in the car during that like wait trying to wait in line. How many nights? Just one. Uh huh. But it was terrible. It's it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Sleeping in a non moving car, dude. By the way, I have a show recommendation for anybody who likes horror oh boy you're you're uh talking about Brittany or whatever reminded me because this this show takes place in that sort of part of france that like northern yeah. cold water uh it's called marianne it is the scariest show of it one of the scariest shows i've ever seen really it's really good uh it should be on netflix still and you should check it out is it in french yes huh it's in french wow all right very good Oof. hey good Let's uh let's run it out there. That's uh oops the podcast. Lots lots to unpack in today's episode. We went everywhere. Um all over the world. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. So much spirit, so much pizzazz. Uh as always, follow our Instagram, follow our TikTok, email us any thoughts. Tell us the worst place you ever slept. <laughs> I think that's a good question. That is a good question. And uh we'll see you out there, everybody. Thanks for listening. Awesome.